welcome back, everybody. It's episode 42 of Murphy's Law. This is Charles Murphy hanging out with Charles Villanueva. And uh, what has been a pretty crazy week for me as, as the coronavirus has hit home. I think Charles, on the other hand, has been living in it for uh, living in that craziness for a while. So, Charles, let's check in with you. What's going on? Everything that's happening now is so surreal. With everything going on there, you guys are about to enter the lockdown. We've been under the lockdown for like two weeks now. And now our, our corrupt president is about to become the emperor in Star Wars. And, you know, who knows what the fuck is going to happen. But, you know, we're living in such crazy times right now. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely... Um, and, and even from my standpoint where I've, I feel like I've been, um, preparing myself mentally for this, I've seen it coming. I've been trying to prepare, um, people that I know and worked with and, and live around for all this stuff to happen, prepare my children, especially. Um, but I still find myself sort of, <clears throat> sort of overwhelmed, uh, on, on occasion with, with everything that's going on. So, uh, yeah, we're getting as a, at midnight, uh, tonight. Michigan's going into a three-week stay-at-home uh, order from the governor. I think it was probably, honestly, a week too late. Um, we are we're well over a thousand cases, including we actually doubled from from Friday till today in the number of cases, um, and our number of deaths has doubled in one day. So it was just it's it's great. Anything we can do to obviously slow that down is is key. It's crucial. But man, it just, I hope the other states are, are learning as we go here and the ones where it hasn't really taken over yet, that they just keep people home and we can get, get this thing slowed down and, and get back to life as we'd like to believe it would be normal um, yeah. sometime soon. But it's crazy, crazy times. But, you know, we're here. We're going to do our best to talk about whatever news is left. I mean, you obviously dropped something that was pretty huge. You know, uh, this week, a couple of days ago, maybe you could like give us some more context on what exactly happened. Uh, what made, what prompted you to delete that post, and you know, just give us an insight of what the fuck's happening with the uh, the world of the MCU. Yeah, so that that is not um, was not su- really surprising by any means, uh, but that email was forwarded to me, and it essentially said, as of April third, um, everyone that worked on one of those Marvel Studios projects, which were Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, in WandaVision, those people would all have their contracts terminated. When that email was forwarded to me, I kind of, and I, and I know that it's a legitimate email and the source is trustworthy. That's not a question whatsoever. Um, <clears throat> the problem was I was contacted pretty shortly thereafter by another crew member who works on a, on a different aspect of the show. And that person was adamant that that nobody had been told that information yet so the reason i took the post down was because it became apparent very quickly that that email was sent to maybe like a crew boss and he hadn't sent it out to all of the people on the crew yet and so i yeah at that point i became uh responsible for telling a bunch of people that they were going to lose their jobs and i did not that was never supposed to be the intention there and i did not feel comfortable with that so that's why I took it down, not because it was false information, but because I didn't want to be responsible for spreading that news around to people as they found out that they were losing their jobs. Because we just went through that here um, at my house with my wife losing her job as a result of all this stuff, at least for the time being. So I don't want to 
I definitely don't want to be the the person spreading that bad news. Well, I mean, calling me very surprised. I I certainly thought like there was something with regard to the with the the validity of that email. But now, I mean, hearing it now that a bunch of people found out they they were getting fired through Twitter, <laughs> through a bunch of fucking sites. I guess you know that yeah, that kind of fucking sucks. Yeah, and I think <clears throat> I think everyone can see at this point. The writing on the wall, like it's today is what it's twenty third, and our governor of Michigan just issued a lockdown that extends through April thirteenth. So when the original Marvel news came out that it was a four week shutdown, um, which was also mentioned in that email, I think people um, can look at that now and go, oh, well, obviously that four week period isn't long enough. So obviously that part's true. Um, and, and I think I think it's easy to piece together that all the stuff in there is accurate and that we're looking at a longer shutdown than what anybody would like for it to be. Um, and I, just as for how long, I know there's tons of questions about that. I wish that people would understand that there's just no way for us to know. Um, you can look at a state like Ohio who issued their shutdown quite a bit ahead of us and how the curve there of, of the people going into, into the hospitals is so low and you can look like at a state like ours where they waited too long or a state like New York where they probably waited too long and um, things are just growing out of control. So it, it's just, it's impossible to say. Um, and a lot of it depends on, uh, it's crazy this may sound, it depends on us. It depends on us to stay home. Like we can, we can help everything get back to normal, even in the production of our, our favorite shows and films, just by staying home. You, you mentioned in your, your, your actual article that, you know, it's safe to assume that, you know, with all these Disney Plus shows, you know, sort of getting canned currently, I mean, at least for the production, that, that probably extends to some of the, the films, like Shang-Chi and, you know, the, the, the strange sequel and whatnot. Is that safe to assume, like, the the crew for Shang Chi are they terminated or like what, what's like what's their status right now? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I know that Australia is slowly like that disease is slowly taking its foothold in Australia and it's going to quickly go kind of nuts the way that it has here if they don't continue the measures to shut it down. So I would assume Shang Chi is going to be looking at like I mean Australia is such a huge area and I don't know what the the latest numbers are, but I would assume Shang-Chi is going to be looking at like a six to eight week shutdown minimum at this point um, as things spread over there. And I guess the only good news is <clears throat> on the Dr. Strange front, I don't think Dr. Sh- I don't know what Dr. Strange is waiting on as far as like studio space, like what film they were waiting to move out of the studio before they move in, but it isn't a Marvel project. So the Marvel, any delay on a Marvel project won't directly impact Doctor Strange because it's shooting over in London. But if there's another project that's shooting over there that's being delayed, obviously, then that's just a, a domino effect on all the different projects it delays. Right, because I, I think, I forgot which which trade reported it, but basically this trade said, you know, with all the delays and cancellations, all the all the folks working on the pre-production stuff, like basically doing concept art, previs, um, you know, they it's still business as usual for them because they they still got to go to work. Do you think it's the same for them, or you know, people those who are getting canned are the people who are actually on the set? I think the people that are losing their jobs. I think we're talking about like um, the the literal on set crew members. Yeah, I I feel like there's a, some distinction there that I'm not 
some language that I'm probably not familiar with, but I think it's definitely like the crew members who are there on a day-to-day basis that are like the local union guys that, that, that get hired out of the Atlanta union to come in and do their jobs. I feel like Marvel also employs some people in different aspects of pre-production and post-production. And those aren't the people that we're talking about here, but it might be like some security guy, or it might be um, some guy who helps set up the catering, whatever. I mean, those are the guys I feel like um, maybe even the guys who wheel the cameras around for all I know, those are the guys who I think are, are losing their jobs. Yeah. Because I saw some a bunch of people interpret your articles like, oh shit, Marvel Studios is shutting down indefinitely. That's not the case. That's only for like the the all those that are filming. Yeah, and those are those are certainly people who are either un, unable to read between the lines and think for themselves, or who are out to spin it to make me look bad. I would imagine. But yeah, <laughs> if if you're somebody who's like, if you're an executive producer for Marvel who's working on some storyboards like you're still working on your storyboards that that should probably go without saying like those were those were definitely production crew members um who got those who are going to be losing their jobs yeah well at least at least you know it's not it's not the entirety of you know the fucking studio that's shutting down i mean no you know eventually this is bound to to find its way back unless the fucking zombie apocalypse happens civilization isn't fucked as you know, as 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 it as it's kind of looking like right now. In in like the, the the new cycle, it's not all bad because Slash Film dropped something pretty exciting at least to you know that made a, a huge portion of the fandom very happy. Basically, Slash Film broke that Rosario Dawson was joining season two with the Mandalorian as fan favorite Ahsoka Tano. I saw their tweet like. I revisited their tweet like a while ago. The tweet over has like twenty thousand likes. So that alone just fucking shows you how people, how psyched people are for this. I am very psyched for this. I don't know about you. So what do you think about this piece of information? Well, I love Rosario Dawson. First of all, I would take her in in every project that's ever been filmed. Um, and it's funny that when one of the very first things that I decided that I was going to do when I realized that I was going to be um, home doing absolutely nothing ever uh, and that my kids were going to be home with me for an extended period of time was I decided we were going to go back and watch, uh, start watching the Clone Wars. Cause I think I made it through like the first three seasons of Clone Wars um, and then life got crazy and I haven't seen any of the seasons since. So we've been going through and watching them. And I think after we watch like episode two or three, uh, I think that was the day that that, that news break broke by slash film. And it was super exciting. Um, so yeah, I'm excited on a bunch of levels. I think it's it's been clarified maybe the past couple of days that it's um, maybe just a small role like a cameo or a guest a guest appearance. So maybe she's just in one or two episodes. But I don't care. I love the I love the idea of bringing that character back, of continuing to tie um, these older animated series into the live action things. I think it's great. I think there's nothing. Nothing but positivity around that move. Yeah, I think ultimately it's a it's a really cool sign of how you know things are tying together. For the longest time, you know, uh, the animated shows were sort of like you know shop labor for, in terms of the actual you know live action canon. It, it in many ways was like you know the, the 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 Marvel TV shows where they were they're fucking getting ignored for for God knows whatever reasons there there, are, there were, but 
you know, it's cool that a character like Ahsoka is getting such a cool, you know, debut in live action, especially with Mandalorian, regardless of how big or small her role is, because, you know, she's, she's a pretty fucking big deal. She was essentially Anakin's first and only canonical Padawan. So, you know, I'm wondering, I wonder if, if they're going to address some of, some of her experiences with Anakin back from the Clone Wars. I mean, I haven't seen much of the Clone Wars. I've seen bits and pieces of Star Wars Rebels where she had a big role in. So, you know, just from her, just from what I've seen, she, she seems like a fucking amazing character. And man, her fucking, she's got a fucking cool fight stance. She's got, a, she's got her own fighting style. She holds a lightsaber very uniquely. We haven't seen anyone like fight like that. And just on a visual level, if they ever decide to let Rosario doesn't actually wield some lightsabers and actually fight. I mean, it'd be fucking amazing. I think so many people were so excited um, about about the about Rosario being cast because apparently, and this was something that I had to kind of pick up as I went. She's been like most people's fan cast for the character ever since they saw the character, and and anyone said like, oh, if they do a live action, so many people already believe that she'd be the perfect person for the role so i think that that was cool that that shows you that and i think we have plenty of evidence anyway but it shows you that they the, the companies the studios do listen they do pay attention um and yeah she's rosario's a badass and the idea of seeing her um wield the lightsaber and get into some fights i think it's all pretty cool and i, I love the idea of how it's all kind of tying together i know they you saw the dark saber in the in the last uh episode of Mandalorian season one and now you're bringing her in and so who knows what other kinds of uh other bridges they'll make here to these other projects but it is really cool and I know in some senses people and I've even said this before like sometimes the Star Wars universe for as big as it is they make it feel a little bit too small so you know I I I also want to see brand new characters and, and things who aren't places and things that aren't related to these other characters but it is cool to see something like this happen and to give fans something that they've been looking forward to yeah i think you know like you said this is one of the most fan casted actresses for a star wars role probably ever so i guess fan casting twitter got their win when she was casted yeah i mean you imagine if everyone got their fan cast which is true then jack wade would be fucking <laughs> <read with you. laughs> then I'm we'd have to... jack wade. yeah we'd, we'd probably be as ecstatic as you know the rosario fans are now I guess that's it for most of the, for any of the notable news that came out uh, this week. As far as I know, there hasn't been anything substantial. I mean, I mean, Onward was put out on streaming on Disney Plus a couple of days ago. And, you know, the likelihood of, of seeing Black Widow on a streaming service is becoming, is becoming, I guess, more likely or maybe unlikely. I don't know. I'm still convinced that it's never going to happen. But to end, like, this conversation about the coronavirus, what are your final thoughts about Black Widow thing now that it's kind of looking more and more unlikely that we're going to recover this within maybe the next four months? Like, what are your projections now for Black Widow? Well, I think, I think there's some, some interesting stuff has happened. Um, <clears throat> most of the movies that came out on video on demand, things that had already been out in the theater and whose box office got cut short because of the theater closings, right? So something like Onward, something like The Invisible Man, um, which I still haven't watched. I'm going to watch that, though, this week. I'm, I'm really excited about that. And so I think some of those things are pretty cool. Um, I think the Trolls, Trolls World Tour is coming out. 
and is skipping release altogether. And I read um, a, an interview with a cinema owner who was flat out pissed at, I think it's Paramount or maybe it's Universal. I'm not sure. Maybe it's Universal that is that, is that studio. They didn't tell theater owners at all until like the day of that they were pulling it out of theaters oh, wow. instead of moving the date. And so now theater owners um, are, are angry because they're obviously they need help when these theaters reopen. They need movies in there that, to get people to come yeah. back in. So, well, I think this is cool. Like Birds of Prey comes out tomorrow and this is early. Um, I think some of these things are cool. I, I guess I kind of hope that they're just measures that are only applied in the short term um, and don't end up damaging that theater industry um, because that's such a that's such a huge industry and it's been such an important part of my life like going to the movies, taking my kids to the movies. These are these are things that I look forward to and I would always always go to the movies to watch a movie if I could. Um, as far as like the Marvel stuff that's upcoming, I guess it's possible. Um, if this thing goes into like June or July, that something like new mutants gets put out for a rental uh, and, you know, maybe, or you have to pay extra to buy it or something. But I, I think that Marvel would like to hold off on, on black widow as long as they could. And I don't know, you know, there's no way for me to be able to predict what that means. Right. Like I can't say it's going to be July or I saw somebody, I think it was deadline or variety run an article the other day about what well, could be this date or it could be this date. They're just yeah. guessing. They don't have any idea. Nobody has any idea. And so it's just really, it really depends on how long all of this happens. Like I saw China is opening up theaters again recently, but I'd be a yeah. little bit wary. Cause like, China has stopped testing at the same level they were before. And what if there's like a second round of outbreak now because they're just like, ah, let's go. Cause they're only maybe yeah. like 10, 10 weeks out. Like I'd be really wary of, of saying in the U S like, Hey, 10, look at China 10 weeks from now, we're going to be ready to go. I don't, I don't know if that's true. So it just depends on how long it all lasts. And if they could get black widow out into theaters, let's say it was August or something like that, August, September, I'm sure that they would love to do that. Um, but if it becomes apparent that they're not going to be able to get Black Widow and Eternals both out into the movies this year, you might see one of them get pulled. Now, it might not be Black Widow. They might decide to pull Eternals, um, or maybe they postpone both of them, or maybe they put Black Widow on Eternals date and put Eternals next year sometime. I mean, there's just so many options, but I think for Disney and for and for Warner Brothers and for all these ones that have these huge slate films like or tentpole films um out there i th i mean i just have to think that they want to do whatever they can to get them in a theater when the time is yeah. right yeah because when you say fucking tentpole it means it's not just a film that you know disney's willing to lose money on i mean you know disney's fiscal year is banking on this fucking on these fucking tentpole so they can't just you know hey you can download this for 10 bucks now instead of like watching it in the theaters I mean, obviously, I didn't even consider, you know, the, the prospect of theater businesses losing money when each time, you know, a, a movie gets relegated to streaming. I didn't, I didn't fucking think about it until you mentioned it. And it's so crazy with the China stuff. I saw, like, an article saying that, you know, they might, like, I think do, like, a marathon just to, they might release yeah. some of the MCU movies, MCU movies again over there just to get people hyped. In, in paper, it's a good idea to maybe do that once everything's back to normal. Like, but as you said, things might not be as you know as as clean as we think going on over there because you know 
like you said, there's a lot of fucking shadiness with with the tests they've been conducting. They haven't been fully transparent on how many they've been testing. So I mean, who the fuck knows if it's actually safe now? So yeah, it's such a fucking each new day. There's something something comes up that makes things more complicated for for everyone, and it's fucking insane. And at the same time, though, you see you see real quickly how at times like these, a little bit of something from a studio like Disney putting Onward out or um, them putting Invisible Man or putting Birds of Prey out early or just this little bit of news about Dawson being cast in Star Wars, you see how uplifting it is for people right now because people are struggling. Like a lot of people um, have anxiety about this. A lot of people have anxiety over a whole bunch of other things. And these little things that the studios are doing, I think are that's it's cool, but you also see like the the positivity that it gains them and the traction it gains them and and how it helps people deal with this stuff a little bit better. Like people more than anything right now need distractions. So yeah, I think that these are these are really good things that the studios are trying to do to help. But at the same time, some of these some people are so it's just it amazes me how awful people actually are and how it, it totally reminds me of the scene from from uh, the, the the Dark Knight with the Joker when when he kind of says like you'll see what they're made of. So so yeah, it's it's been an, it's been an eye opening time, um, and and it's just it's crazy how many people are so demanding and and so out of control while other people are being so so responsible and so helpful. Um, but yeah, that's that's another story for another time. Um, you know what else we can talk about real quick, Charles? It's just hit me. You told me like the first right before the lockdown happened, um, or before not the lockdown, but before the idea was was pretty um, obvious that we were going to be sitting at home doing nothing for a very very long time. You told me that I should I should try to purchase Mortal Kombat 11 for yeah. my uh, for my Nintendo Switch, which yeah. I ended up getting. What did I get? That was it the premium edition or something? Yeah, the one with everything on it, all the all the DLCs, all the extra characters, you got it. Yeah, and it was it was like sixty seven percent off through the Nintendo Switch store, so I got it for like twenty seven dollars. Um, and that's something that I haven't ever probably talked very much about. Like, I haven't been like a huge gamer in a long, long time. Like, I used to play, I used to really like to play um, Call of Duty, Black Ops, and I used to play. I I loved. Halo 3. I didn't really like any of the other Halo games as much as I liked Halo 3. Yeah. Um, and I used to be big into like a lot of the sports games and stuff. But when I was a kid, and you and I talked about this, um, I played played the hell out of the first Mortal Kombat. And in playing this new one, I realized that I haven't played a Mortal Kombat game since Mortal Kombat 2. <laughs> Which was what, like 1994? I don't know when it was, but it was an awfully long time. Yeah, actually, as we're recording now, I'm fucking, I'm in the middle of playing Mortal Kombat. I'm watching my AI fighter make its way through the Towers of Time, getting me all these, the fucking extra bonus items, extra freebies, extra costumes. I'm just watching my AI play while we're recording. It's so different. Um, and as I'm, as I'm playing it, I'm looking at all these characters, and I'm like, I have no idea who they are. And so I'm going uh, online and reading, and there's like all, there's like an entire... I shouldn't. I'm not surprised by it, but there's like an entire Wikipedia uh, yeah. fan page where it gives their whole backstory and who they are and what they, how they were introduced and what game it was. In man, have I missed a lot? Um, 
but yeah, it's, it's incredibly cool. I'm having a lot of fun. It's just on like, it's a, it's the switch, which isn't maybe like the preferred platform for that kind of a game, but I'm having fun with it. My youngest daughter is, uh, I was telling Charles before we recorded, my youngest daughter has kind of, um, she's been home from school obviously. And we've been doing a lot of work here at the house on her schoolwork. I think like in the past 10 days or whatever it's been, she's probably gotten really far ahead in schoolwork because we're able to to address things like her specific needs which we know she has and like we can deal with them one-on-one instead of um one on you know 28 like she was at school so she's rocking and rolling through school uh and mm-hmm. we usually play like we'll, we'll set aside like an hour or two a day where we'll play uh mortal Kombat, or we'll play nba 2k20 on her switch and she just whoops my ass at everything but 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 most importantly she i cannot beat her at mortal kombat i mean it's it's a very fun game i mean there's a bit of a learning curve learning some of the some of the combo strings and whatnot especially if you want to play online you really have to be at a certain level but you know getting there is so much fun especially when you finally see what some players are like skill wise it makes you want to step up if you're a competitive kind of person you're, you you definitely want to each time you play, you kind of want to one up the enemy more each time. It's very, very fun. Yeah. I, I agree, although I know I'm going to have to stay uh, stay offline if I can't even beat my 11-year-old daughter at it. So, But I think that's it for some of the stuff we got. We have to talk about. Um, we posted on Twitter for fans to ask us some questions to get us through this episode because we have nothing to fucking talk about. Maybe we can get to, get to that now. Yeah, I can pull some of these up. Um, we'll try to snag a couple of good ones on the way out. Got this one. I think we've got two questions that are pretty much the same, um, or at least addressing the same idea. And it's basically which Disney plus Marvel show and its events will have the biggest impact on all things of the MCU going forward. And there, there's another one that kind of says like, I guess we could answer both parts of it. It's a, almost the same kind of question. Um, and it's basically what stories will have to wait to be told no matter what. So I think I think they're both getting at the same point, which is out of all these upcoming Disney Plus shows, which ones have to be told and which ones have to be told the way they are because they're going to be so important to what's coming. I think that's a well, that's a deep question. Well, I mean, to fucking to probably answer that, we have to figure out what's coming. We don't know what's coming, so who knows if Hawkeye is the fucking most important Disney Plus show that, that you know that leads into something big. We don't really know. But just looking at, you know, just figuring out, you know, the shows and what, what kind of stories they tell in the comics, I prob- I'm probably guessing that, I mean, WandaVision aside, because WandaVision, we know that WandaVision is going to be the biggest thing ever. But putting, putting all those, putting WandaVision aside, I think, shit, maybe Miss Marvel, because it has the biggest connection to the larger world. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I, I guess I would, um, the way I'd answer it is, is, is this. My mind has been completely changed from what it was to where it is now about what these shows really are. And so, in like the most, I, I can only say so much, but like, as you guys know, I've found out a lot about um, each of the three shows <clears throat> that were filming and that were postponed. And I, I guess I, I got caught, kind of caught up in Feige's language that, WandaVision was going to be such a game changer. I honestly, at this point, from what I know about each of the three shows, I think all three of them are game changers. And I think what I believe that these series are now 
are are shows that are set to spiral off into their own corners of the universe. So I think that like Falcon and Winter Soldier was setting up huge things in like this little espionage um, on the boots on the ground kind of corner of the universe. And I think WandaVision was obviously setting up some huge things in this magic side of the universe. And I think Loki was setting up some huge things in this multiverse time travel um, branch part of the universe. And I think we would see the same thing with Miss Marvel and Young Heroes. And I think we would see the same thing with Hawkeye and Young Heroes. And I, I think what hit me was like each of these is really going to be responsible for kickstarting either a project or other projects down the road. Well, that sounds fucking promising because you, you do a great job of like sort of selling the idea. It's a great sell. Just that, just that, just the idea of, you know, WandaVision spinning off to its own mystic story, Loki spinning off to its like fucking alternate reality, and, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier having their own sort of espionage spy corner. It's a fucking, it's a fucking great idea. Especially considering they were supposed, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed to come out right after Black Widow. I mean, who knows yep. what's going to happen with that, but, you know, it's a great idea. And I think that Shang-Chi would tie in there. Um, and I think I think that there's, I think that each of these shows, I know people get kind of pissy, like, what do you mean they're going to be required viewing? I really do think they are, and I think they should be. They're taking great care with them, and I think it's really cool. Like, we've seen Bucky and Sam be supporting characters, and now they get their own supporting characters. And, you know, you know, you're going to see Wanda and, and Vision get some supporting characters. And you're going to see Loki uh, develop his own universe of supporting characters. And then all these other characters are going to get their chances to go do things as well. Maybe not necessarily in huge roles, but it's just really the universe is growing in, in such a, a big way that they can now have these little corners or little pockets where these things don't always have to coexist and don't always have to cross over in a major way. But you can have um, Shang-Chi show up with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Or you could have um, the, some more magic users show up in Doctor Strange. And it's really starting to resemble the comics. Like if you think about a really, any really good Captain America run, it doesn't need the other Avengers to pop in because you have Cap and you have uh, Sharon and you have Bucky and you have Sam and you have, you, you have um, the Scourge of the Underworld. You have Nuke. You have... U.S. agent, you have all these characters that can just exist in that corner, and that's kind of how I see what these shows are doing to the Marvel Cinematic Universe is, is really expanding it to that that potential where we can have these stories that don't need um, to always be major, major crossover events, but can still be crossover events within their own little corner of the universe. With regards to the idea that, you know, people are going to be pissy about, you know, oh shit, now I got to fucking watch a TV show to understand the films. Yeah, that's how it fucking goes. You snooze, you lose. You're not going to fucking understand it. I mean, if you fucking watch the latest Fast and the Furious movie and don't understand it, it's because you probably didn't watch fucking Tokyo Drift. You got to fucking watch the whole thing. And it's it doesn't have to be for everyone. You're still going to be able to go. You're still going to be able to go watch Ant-Man 3 and catch up. They'll be like, oh, this is some new character. Check. It's going to yeah. be okay. So I just, I think it's, fa I think it's really cool. And I think with, uh, especially with the onset of the X-Men eventually joining the MCU and we know how easily it is for them to sustain their own universe without ever having an Avenger show up. I think this is really cool. This is, this is Feige's dream here. And I think he's in the, he's creating it. And now he's got, here's, here's a, here's a thought to, to counterbalance all the negativity. 
what this has done for the people at Marvel who are really super creative to begin with is give them some more time to sit back and think about what they can do next. I just want you guys to think about that instead of making it all a negative. There's no rush right now. These guys have some time to sit around and talk and think and create, and that's a good thing. Who asked the other question, the first two questions? Um, so that was everyone loves a good story, and then Connor McKillop, um, or those guys that did that. I think Connor is a, a teacher, so I don't know, Connor, where you're teaching. Um, but I assume school's probably out for you and I hope you're doing okay, bud. It's probably, uh, probably a little bit scary time if it's your first year teaching and then you're out of work, but stick yeah. with it, man. It's okay. Um, <clears throat> let's see, we've got, we want to try to find two more, if we can find two more that we can actually answer this one, Charles, I want you to answer this one. What are you most looking forward to in Eternals? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I'm I want to know because I, I'm very curious on how it all ties into Thanos' story. I'm very curious if we actually see baby Thanos in the terms if we see Alars or or um who the fuck's his his mom. Um, I, don't I know. Hope, she's dead. Yeah, I, I hope we see some of that, some of that aspects. Why? Why did? Why? Why did the Eternals? on Titan decide to not listen to Thanos. I wonder if we're going to get a bit of that. And, you know, we saw a concept art of young Thanos from that was supposed to, I think, appear in Endgame or Infinity War. And th th that concept art alone was very promising to me. So I want to see that for sure. Yeah, I think I'm looking forward to things that are probably unrealistic. Um, I really, really enjoy um about the eternals and about some and it's not just the eternal solo books but books where they've been involved and it's kind of pieced together the the whole ancient history of the of the marvel comics universe i would like to see at least some of that um some of that come through right i would really like to see them show some major historical things like like lemuria and atlantis going under the ocean i would love to see those kinds of things even if they were just happening in a, in a beginning like expository scene where we get to, to find out like a little bit more about the celestials and in all the different times that they visited the earth and all the, the different hosts, right? Like I would love to see that. Um, and I hope that there's at least some of that because we know the movie takes place in the past and in the, in the present. So <clears throat> I would like them to, to kind of focus on some of that. Cause one of the cool things that I know, I don't know if we've ever talked about in the podcast, but um, you know, like there are some great, Conan stories in in Marvel Comics and I think there are some other great stories that that happened in this ancient history and even just to like hint at something like the Serpent Crown um, in Atlantis or any of these little things that would just be cool Easter eggs would just it would be so so cool so I, I, I kind of look forward to that um, also I would like to see the Celestials have like one just awesome action scene so I don't know if it's an old an old one or a new one or just something where the celestials are, are just unleashed in their full power instead of just what we've seen of them in the little snippet in uh, guardians i think the only other one that we can try to answer <clears throat> that we can actually give some sort of an answer to someone's asking like our studios like mgm and sony pictures going to be bought out there's no i have no idea about that kind of stuff um everyone loves a good story said what are each of your top three suggested comic book runs to read during the quarantine. Um, and I know he's hinting at like your knowledge of the stories Marvel's planning to tell. Um, 
And I think we could do a little, we could touch a little bit on that, I think. Mm. Well, I can, my, my suggestions are just going to be like fucking Marvel arcs that I like reading. Not necessarily stuff I think it's gonna, is going to happen within the next five years. I mean, right. obviously, I'm going to, if you want to get into the Fantastic Four, I mean, I guess the best, you got two options for Fantastic Four. You could either check out the Hickman run, which is very sci fi heavy, very high concept, you know, very grand, long ass storytelling that spans like five years of actual fucking comic books. Go for the Hickman stuff. But if you want to d- dive into some of the, the more wholesome, you know, more introspective family stuff, I suggest checking out the uh, Mark Wade. Um, Mike Waringo run of the Fantastic Four. The art is fucking beautiful. It's very cartoony, very fun, very wholesome, and I think it fucking lends itself perfectly to what the Fantastic Four is at its core, which is a, a family. I think that that's like a, a good place to start for Fantastic Four, at least. Those are both great. Those are both great runs. Um, <clears throat> one that's super obvious, but maybe we haven't talked about enough on the show is is going back and you can find this on marvel unlimited if you don't already own it um like a guy i'm fortunate enough to have but you can read the mark grunewald captain america run um that is for sure informing falcon and the winter soldier like there's no if ands or buts about that um so if you can find that that run on on marvel unlimited or you could probably find some issues fairly cheap um you could start picking your way through that i think that would be a really good one to read if you're wondering what kind of the the themes are going to be what some of the characters that are going to show up are um and and i think you have to pair that like with um the sam wilson captain america book that was out i guess five years ago somewhere in that timeline um and some of the other things that'll go with that like the isaiah bradley uh what was it what was the name of that captain oh, of the, the, it's, um red the white series. and something i forgot Forgot the the name of the the actual art, but yeah. But what the fuck? The Sam Wilson Captain America story was five years ago. I I don't know. It seems like it's been a while. God, I hope not. I hope it's not. I hope it hasn't been five years since that because I just fucking read it like a couple of months ago. Uh, Isaiah Bradley. I'm looking that one up real quick. We um. If you would have to check out something that would prepare you for whatever's coming, I guess an easy bet would be the Hawkeye stuff, the Mad Fraction one, and obviously the first run of of Kamalika and Miss Marvel with um with, with G Willow Wilson and um I forgot who the artist was, but yeah, it's a very it's a very fun run. Both are very great reads. Not that big of stakes story, but you know it works so well. And if you want, it was it was called Truth, Red, White, and Black, and I could not remember the truth part of that. Um, if you want to read something that it, a couple things that are are good, and one one thing for sure will give you some background on the upcoming Empire event, and might give you some background on some things that are going to happen in the cosmic MCU. You could go back and read Roy Thomas's. Avengers um, 89 through 97, which is like details the Kree Skrull War. Um, I think that's one that that you could read that would give you some details. Um, and then I think the other one that is one of my favorites. I have no idea if it's going to have anything to do with the future of the MCU, but I just feel like people should read 
the Korvac saga, which was um, and took place mostly in Avengers books, right? Like it yeah. was it was awesome. And it's to me, it's one of my favorite. And I think that was like Jim Starlin did the art on that. And Steve Gerber wrote that. One of the things I love so much about it is for the I don't know how old I was when I read it the first time. I don't think I really understood it. But when I reread it recently, like what really stands out there is that it really blurs the lines between good and, and evil and heroes and why what's the right reason to do the right thing? And is there a right reason to do the wrong thing? And it it asks some really serious questions for uh, for a comic book. So I would suggest those are things to read. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw that I, I just went back and read um, Milligan and Allred's x-force and ecstatics which is just such a weird book have you ever read those no oh they're so weird um and it's some of the some of the characters that showed up in um in deadpool 2 like zeitgeist the guy that was puking up acid and some of these like super strange characters that uh, and the whole and the whole thing is like most of them are are written just so they can die like in the same book or very few books later um, but it's just such a different take on the X-Men and, and what it means to be a hero. And it's just, it's so wacky and so out there and it, it kind of runs, uh, or at the, I guess it ran concurrently with, uh, Morrison's X-Men book, the all new X-Men. And, and so you have like the super serious Grant Morrison take on everything. Um, and then you have this like wacky ass Milligan take on these, on these characters, X-Force, and then they change their name to Ecstatics, and uh, I would I would say just read that just for fun, just to get a a different view of that X Men universe. So this was like published early to mid two thousand. Yeah, I, I would say this was like this had to be happening like two thousand and four, maybe is when this one was out. Well, because two thousand four was Joss Whedon's run, that was like after. Morrison. Morrison was like 2001 to 2003, something like that. I'm, I'm still thinking of other fucking books for to recommend. Maybe what to expect. I mean, in preparation for She-Hulk, I sort of read a bit of the Jeff Loeb and Greg Fox fucking part of the Hulk story where everyone just became a Hulk. I wanted yeah. to get acquainted with Red Hulk with all the rumors that Ross's, Ross might have that transformation really soon because I, I've never been sort of fan I've never been fond of the idea of Thunderbolt Roth becoming a monster. Even though on paper it sounds like a good idea, but just seeing him become like this fucking giant and he fucking he's fucking drunk with power. When you read the when you read the actual comic it kind of convinces you on why it works. The only thing I don't like yeah. about it is that this is his mustache when he fucking transforms. That was that, that, that was a very cheap cop out to sort of hide his identity, but <laughs> right. if they ever if they ever decide to you know follow through with Red Hulk, you better have the fucking mustache. Gotta stash it up. Yeah, yeah and I think like <clears throat> other stuff like you know Siege um, is probably something to read. Uh, like you you have to think that with uh, Asgardians on Earth that they're at some point someone's gonna go after them. Um, but I think we've talked about some of that stuff before. Um, with the She-Hulk stuff, any I, I would say stay like you can read some of the original stuff to get her origin story, but I don't think that that's the route they're going. I think they're going to go more some of the the two thousands and um, 
2010 versions where she's a little sillier, a little goofier, working kind of fully established a little bit as a lawyer. All right, guys, that does it for us for episode 42. Uh, we will continue to try to get together and and offer you guys some relief if you're having some anxiety and, and try to continue to come up with fun stuff to talk about. Um, if you're if you're thinking about what it is you can do to get yourself back on track to getting to watch some of your Marvel shows and, and films, uh, the answer is pretty clear. You can stay home. You can stay home and, and be, a, be a hero in that regard. Um, and just, just convince yourself that you're being a hero when you stay home, guys. Stay home and stay healthy. Yeah. You're going to save lives by not doing anything and just fucking laying on your bed. <laughs> that, that's about all you got to do. And we will continue to try to be here for you um, to give you something to listen to and something to do. But we thank you guys for, for supporting us and hanging out and listening to us jabber. And uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Bye.